drive. Get up, ball. Get out of here. And God. And they are the city of champions again. Edmonton Eskimos. Great cup champs. McDavid set up by Drysaddle. Another breakaway. This time, he wins it. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carrius Show. Time to rock and roll on a Thursday, week two of the uh, NFL schedules uh, here. Always nice to have that Thursday night game. Love it. Just really enjoy it because it makes the week a little more NFL. Uh, One game tonight, of course, uh, Philadelphia. Minnesota, we're going to talk to Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia to kind of tee that one up. Uh, A lot of storylines coming in on that one. Um, In case you missed it last night, uh, the Blue Jays pumped again by the Texas Rangers. Duke Delbert and Brandon Douglas, what did you throw at the TV last night? I did not watch the game last oh. night, Kevin. I, uh, I'm I'm boycotting the team at the moment. Uh, I, it didn't work last night, obviously. I I was running some errands and cooking some supper, like, kind of leading up to mm-hmm. the game starting. And I was like, you know what? This team hasn't deserved my time <laughs> the last uh, the last couple games. And well, they definitely don't deserve it again tonight for Game Four. But I'll probably be uh, be back on the couch watching. Um, just before I head over to the brew house tonight because of the fact that not watching last night obviously didn't work. So didn't I need, work to, for need you. to try something else to change up the juju because that was ugly, maybe, really ugly. Maybe the fact that it'll be a Thursday night football game for you, you can kind of look at a couple of screens tonight and maybe it'll change the fortunes of the Jays. You know what? You're not the only one that's uh, not watching, not going to the game more in particular. If you look at the crowd on Monday night, that was the lowest crowd of the season for game one of the series against the Texas Rangers, 24. 3,451. Last night they had 25,495. So the people in Toronto, for some reason, are not coming out to watch this series. Now, is it back to school? Uh, probably has a lot to do with it, something to do with it. Um, but man, those are some pretty low crowds. Uh, 10 nothing last night, the Jays' ninth shutout of the season uh, and that you know that came off and you were reporting on it yesterday in our uh, sports updates Max Scherzer you know so basically that was kind of known at the course of the day that he'd gone for the year so uh, we saw him on the mound in game two pitched very well uh, but for some reason couldn't get it going uh, after the little tweak in his thing and it was serious obviously so he's gone for the rest of the season here's another little uh, ditty for you Duke um, Alex Anthopoulos was the Jays' general manager up until about 2015, left for Atlanta, and all he's done ever since he's gone to Atlanta is, what, lock up all the major young talent in Atlanta, Harris, Acuna, uh, you can go down the list, a uh, long lot of guys. Ross Atkins, since he's come to Toronto as GM, Hasn't won a game in the playoffs. So that's something to chew on. If you've got a text, uh, rip one off to us at 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. If you want to talk Jays, you want to talk a little NFL as we kick off uh, week two. Uh, here's another one that I was just kind of looking over some stuff this morning. And this would be 
almost low tide would be. I don't know if he can get out of bed today. This is how bad it is a day for low tide. Uh, this day in sports history, 1994, major league owners voted to cancel the remainder of the 1994 season as well as the World Series for only the second time in history because of the labor dispute with the Players Association. Now we know how big of a Montreal Expos fan Low Tide was, and we know how great the Montreal Expos were at the time of that day uh, that will live in infamy for Low Tide. Tough one. So... Um, back to Ross Atkins, wanted to kind of touch on another thing, uh, because this guy's been ripping it up lately, really been ripping it up. And that is T. Oscar Hernandez in Seattle, uh, on base almost, uh, for a straight month. And so you trade a guy like that for, well, Eric Swanson. So your eighth inning reliever, which... Yeah, I mean, everyone says, yeah, you need bullpen help. You need bullpen help. But here's a guy um, that uh, he's been okay. But Teoscar Hernandez is uh, having a pretty good season and a good month. The the, the Jays could be using him right now because the bats have gone uh, silent. Uh, Text comes in from Harry at uh, 1-833-401-1440. Who knew when the bigwigs pulled the plug, one door closes... Another opens bigger, better, or better, bigger, better. May not have happened if the status was cool. Go 1440. Never a fan of East Sports Media, Alberta Sports. Go 1440. Thanks, Harry. So we appreciate the text. 1 833 1440. Uh, so you're off tonight, Duke. So it's a long day. We've been talking about these Thursday days for you. It's a, it's a shift. But nothing that a farm guy from Dalburn can't handle. You'll, you'll you'll be able to you'll you'll be okay, won't you? Oh oh yeah oh, yeah. Okay. And I guess even um, even compared to a week ago, you know, everything here at the station is running so much <laughs> smoother. I'm not here until uh, five five thirty in the in the afternoons. I can yes. you know run home, maybe uh, take a load off, sit on the couch, and just uh, stare at the wall for a few minutes before I continue with the rest of my afternoon evening activities. You know, booking the next day's show and days like today. Uh, I'm going to be over at the Canadian Brew House Manning location, Manning? I believe, tonight for uh, Vikings Eagles. I'm really excited to have uh, have Dave Sangrango on yeah. here from NBC Sports Philadelphia to talk about the game and and see if the Vikings really do even sniff a chance tonight. Because uh, I think last time I checked the line, seven point dogs. Mm-hmm. They didn't really inspire a ton of confidence last week, and the the Eagles weren't without their troubles against the Patriots, though either. So. Eagles are, to see what Dave yeah, says. and Eagles missing some key guys tonight. Uh, we'll get all of that with uh, with Dave uh, Zangara from NBC Sports Philadelphia. He's coming up uh, at uh, seven twenty. Uh, text comes in from one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty from Paul. Alex Anthopoulos should never have been let go. Something is missing on this team, and Atkins has not figured it out yet. Cheers from Paul. Um, King of uh, Fort Nasty, he, he uh, as we do the roll call, he basically is off the hop every day for us. Thanks, uh, King. Uh, yeah, he's he's like you. Uh, good morning, KK and Duke. This team has not deserved my airtime as of late as well. Uh, <laughs> a hot take by the Duke, louder than a Jack Michaels breakaway call. That's uh, from the King of Fort Nasty. Thanks for coming in, guys. One eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 
Jays pumped last night, 10 nothing to Texas. Um, Nate Lowe, Mitch Garver, each had three-run home runs. Ninth time the Jays have been shut out this season. Um, to be honest, now Texas is in the, well, the Rangers had was were they I mean they went four and sixteen over a twenty game stretch. Now five straight wins, just two games back of Houston in the division. But uh the Rangers right now with a, a half game lead on Seattle in the wild card. Um they have a game in hand on the Mariners. The Blue Jays now a full game back of Seattle with a record of eighty and sixty six. Seattle's eighty one and sixty five. Uh hopefully tonight uh, and, and you know what? This has happened a lot. Uh, Kevin Gosman, I believe, right? Tonight, Duke uh, for Blue Jays. Correct. Yeah, so every time that the Jays have needed something, they needed a spark, they've needed to kind of uh, plug a hole in the leaking boat, it seems that Kevin Gosman, their ace, has been uh, getting the ball. So hopefully he can right the ship. Uh, when you look at the rest of the Toronto Blue Jays schedule, uh, after tonight, uh, Boston Red Sox come in to... Rogers, uh, it's uh, Roberto Clemente day tomorrow, so that's three games, then a day off, and then basically they finish the season out with the Yankees and Tampa Bay. They go on the road for six, three in New York, three in Tampa, then uh, close out the season at Rogers uh, with the Yankees and then Tampa Bay. Um, I think they've even got time for one more Looney Dog night in Toronto. How many could you crush, Duke? If you if you really had to sit down, if I was I mean, there, are you in the Kobayashi range, or where are you? No, no, come on, I'm definitely not. Uh, I'm not sniffing Joy Chestnut, <laughs> but I mean, those from what I see, the dogs, and I think you get a few different kinds of them. I'm, I'm sure the Looney Dogs are just your most plain Jane ones. That's fine. I I like a little condiments on them. I know some people are very anti ketchup on the dogs. I like a little ketchup, little mustard, even some like pickled um, jalapenos, uh, jalapenos or something, or some, yeah. uh, some uh, banana peppers or something. But yes. the total number, I think if I got there, you know, well before first pitch, sat down in my seat and uh, there was a vendor close enough to my seat that I, the trips back and forth weren't um, uh, going to take away from my game experience. Over the course of nine innings, I think I could probably crush like nine or ten. I yeah, think. I would say a dozen. Yeah, I mean they're smaller hot. They're not the big fat hot dogs. I mean we know that they're. I mean for a dollar a dog. I mean, <laughs> what a, but even still, you can't beat that deal. No, you can't. And I think at least easy dozen because a guy can wolf a few of them down, and you know. I'd also be drinking a lot of beer, beer though, yeah. probably, and that tends to fill you up pretty good as well. You so. imagine sitting in there and some guy's got like a plate of 24 and he's doing the, the Joey Chestnut. Kobe Just mashing them. Mashing them and then them. Dumping, d- dunking the bun in the... Uh, in the in the beer first. Well, they, I guess the, those guys use water, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So dump dunking it in there, and then uh, just shoving about six hot dogs down your throat. <laughs> I don't know, man. That, that the the annual hot dog eating contest at Coney Island, like mm-hmm. it is such a spectacle. And and I am of the opinion that Joey Chestnut is maybe one of the most impressive athletes we've ever seen in this lifetime, yeah. um, just because of how much better he is at doing that than all of his peers that do the same thing for a living if you want to call it that, but like that, it just, I can't watch it. It is, revo- it is revolting to me to watch them just slurp them back. Like you said, and dunk yeah. the buns. Like I love hot dogs, but for a couple days after seeing clips of that on July yeah, 4th and stuff, I'm, I'm kind of steering clear. You know, uh, we should try to get, if you ever watch that, uh, it's on, well, TSN now ESPN covers it. It's live. Um, we should try to get that announcer on the guy that does sort of the play-by-play and the intro. The guy that does the intro. Oh yeah, he's, yeah. he's kind of like the Michael Buffer of uh, Coney Island hot dogs. That's a guy we should get, try to get on the show because 
you know, he's had, he's been, you know, he's had a first look. He's right up close. You know, these guys are slopping buns and stuff all over this guy. And he's wearing one of those straw hats, you know, the, the old uh, hats from the 1920s and a, a barbershop quartet sport jacket. Uh, I think that would be a cool guess to get what he was t- like thinking about. So uh, text line one eight three three four zero one 401 1440 Oilers would have flown out after their fitness testing and medicals yesterday. All the rookies flown out to Penticton for uh, rookie camp. Things get underway tomorrow, 5 o'clock, a game against Winnipeg. And then they've got to two other games on the weekend, closing things out on Monday with an afternoon game. So um, it's kind of this, it feels now that we're we're starting. Like, I mean, I always used to say, you know, the captain skates and things like that. I was sort of get, I don't know, when I was working in TV for 25 years here, I thought, why, why are we going to do all these stories like two weeks before camp? And then everyone gets to camp and now there's, the stories are, half of them are done, you know? Everyone's talked already. Now you're going to get to camp and you're going to say the same things again. So I understand there's such a thirst and people want to talk about it. But for me, I was like, can we just wait till camp gets going? Uh, Anyway, so uh, Thursday night football, Philadelphia home to Minnesota. We will hook up with Dave Zangaro coming up at 720. He will tee things up uh, from the city of brotherly love. And, um, you know, basically the city shuts down for football in Philadelphia see what it's like on a Thursday night. Maybe a little different atmosphere, but obviously to kick off week number two, exciting for Philadelphia. Ladislav Schmid was a hit last week. He will be our Thursday guest every Thursday here on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 from 8 a.m. till 10 a.m. And Laddie, well, okay, so, you know, I was texting Laddie. What are we going to do? Let's talk about a few things. So, you know, he uh, he wants to talk about his smoker. And I I actually, I was making pickles yesterday. I made uh, three jars of beauty dills, sent Laddie a picture, and he was very impressed with that. We'll talk about that. Uh, So Laddie's going to join us at 8. Every day at 8 o'clock is Mark Spector for On the Mark, uh, uh, powered by Booster Juice. Frank Zaravelli, our uh, headliner of the day for... Um, Mr. Reuter, the daily face-off, Frank Cervelli. Uh, we'll have some open time. We want to talk to Laddie about a few things that we didn't get to last week. Uh, uh, very excited to have his, uh, how candid Laddie is about some certain things in his personal life, certain things moving forward, uh, where he is as a person right now, where he was and where he wants to be. So, um, uh then I was talking to Laddie. He said, well, you know, maybe give your old buddy Hemmer a little text. And he goes, you want to text him? I said, oh, I got his number. I can text him. I go, but I think it carries just a tad more weight if you text, text him and talk to him. So uh, Laddie lined up uh, Alice Hemsky for us at 920. So uh, two countrymen, two former teammates, two good buddies. Uh, we'll talk uh, a little bit with Alice Hemsky at 9 o'clock. We're working on uh, some guests at the 10 o'clock hour for the Toronto Blue Jays. Hopefully we can get something going there. If not, we'll uh, figure things out. There's many avenues. Uh, you know, hockey season is right around the corner in the uh, Alberta Junior Hockey League. It's right around the corner in the Western Hockey League for the Edmonton Oil Kings. So uh, plenty to talk about. Uh, but when we come back at uh, 7.20 or so, we will hook up with Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia. This is the Kevin K. 
Carey Show on Sports 1440. Welcome back to the big program. Uh, 719 in the capital region. Uh, nine degrees, a high of 19 today. Uh, text comes into our line at one 401 We're talking loony dogs, and this guy says, hey, a loony dog night is a joke. The lines are insane, and you can only get four at a time. Unless you spend the whole game in line, you'll maybe get four hot dogs in. Well, I don't know. Maybe all you need is four. It's, I mean, we don't have to be gluttonous here. Uh, let's talk uh, a little football and maybe some hot dogs with Dave Zangaro, NBC Sports uh, Philadelphia. Welcome to the show, Dave. And we were just talking about Looney Dog Night in Toronto. They they pound out about 50,000 dogs. What would happen if you had about the same kind of Looney Dog Night at the link? Would uh, Eagles fans uh, missile these babies onto the field or what? No, they'd probably eat them. Uh, <laughs> Good move to eat them, and they you know they eat dollar dog nights at the uh, at the Philly Stadium. Yeah, people eat them. Oh, good, good. So, uh, Dave, what's the, the atmosphere on a on a Thursday night uh, leading up to this game against Minnesota? What's the atmosphere like in Philadelphia? It'll be fun. Uh, it'll be a, a fun matchup. The first home game of the year, so uh, fans will be fired up. It'll be a great atmosphere. It's going to be a beautiful night. Uh, in South Philadelphia, so ex- expecting a loud crowd for this one, especially when the Eagles' defense takes the field, and uh, we'll see if the Eagles give them something to cheer about. I think they will. For sure. Um, as far as the lineup goes for the Eagles, uh, some key players uh, out of the lineup tonight. Can you touch on that? Sure. Uh, there are three defensive starters who are going to miss this game. James Bradbury, the cornerback, has a concussion. Nicobe Dean, uh, their starting middle linebacker, has a foot injury. He's actually on injured reserve, so he's going to miss the next month, and then a starting safety, Reed Blankenship. So, uh, yeah, they're a little shorthanded, and, and linebacker and safety are two positions they weren't particularly deep in to begin this season. So that is a concern. And uh, cornerback, you know, James Bradbury is one of their better players. So uh, they do enter this one a little shorthanded on offense. They're missing Kenny Gainwell, mm-hmm. who started the game at running back last week. That's actually a little bit less of a concern because they have some other guys who can run the raw. Run, run the football, uh, whether it's DeAndre Swift or Shad Penny. So uh, that's weirdly not a, a huge concern. I think they have enough firepower on offense to be okay. Defensively is where you question it a little bit. You're about to face an offense that has Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, uh, some pieces that can beat you. My question about that Vikings offense is their offensive line. I, I don't know if they can hold up against the Eagles defensive line. Dave Zangaro, NBC Sports Philadelphia, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, you touched on the backfield, Dave, and uh, with Kenny Gainwell out. Uh, how do you see the usage uh, in the Eagles' backfield tonight? I think it'll be a lot of uh, DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. Uh, Penny was actually inactive. Mm-hmm. He was a healthy scratch in week one, uh, which is kind of just a, a numbers crunch because it, it doesn't really make sense to have four running backs up on game day. And Boston Scott, who uh, was active, plays a pretty big role on special teams. So that's why he was ahead of uh, Rashad Penny in that pecking order. But Penny's going to be up in this game. Uh, I'm really curious to see what he can do. He's been really productive in his NFL career, but he's also been injured uh, more than not in his NFL career. So uh, I don't really know what to expect from him. I thought he had a pretty good training camp. I thought he looked the part. So uh, really excited to see him play tonight. Were you surprised about uh, how much they used DeAndre Swift uh, in game number one, or is it just a case of trying to get a guy a little more incorporated into the game plan because he's just coming over from Detroit? 
Yeah, no, I think it was surprising. Uh, only two touches for him. And even after the game, uh, their head coach, Nick Sirianni, admitted that that's not enough. Uh, and it's not like he's ever going to be a, a, a workhorse running back. He wasn't that in Detroit even uh, after they used a second-round pick on him. So I don't think that's fair to expect either. But two touches isn't enough. Mm-hmm. He, he's an explosive player. He has big play ability. Um, and that's something that Kenny Gainwell really doesn't have. I mean, they they trust Kenny Gainwell. Um, he's been here for a few years, and he's a good player, but uh, he's not going to break one off the way DeAndre Swift can. So uh, that that's why you get Swift the ball. You, you might have a negative play here or there, but the potential for him to have a game-breaking play is there, and you need that in an offense. Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia is with us this morning, 724 in the Capital Region. Uh, can you circle back, Dave, to the uh, win over New England? Um, it was sort of um, closer than I think maybe uh, it, the score was, indica- uh, you know, it was closer in the scoreboard than maybe it was on the field. Just circle back and kind of do a wrap on that game for us. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles got off to a great start. They were up 16 nothing, but New England hung around. That's a good defense up there, and uh, they played them really tough. Now, uh, the Eagles were not very good in this game offensively. They they looked out of sync. They have a new play caller. Jalen Hurts looked rusty after not playing at all in the preseason. And that's part of it, I think. You know, it's tough to really say how much of it is them being rusty, but they looked rusty. They looked out of, out of sorts a little bit. Uh, and I just, I'm not worried about their offense because I just think they have too much talent on that side of the football to be bad for long. You know, uh, you look at that offense, they have one of the best offensive lines in football. They didn't play up to their standard in week one. They have maybe the best duo of receivers in the league with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Dallas Goddard, a top five tight end, didn't get a catch in week one. So there are all these things that, it, like every aspect of that offense, I expect to be better in week two and moving on. And I see no reason to think that they're not going to be a really good offense this year. Dave Zangaro, NBC Sports Philadelphia, is guesting with us uh, this morning as he tees up uh, tonight's Thursday night NFL game to kick off week number two, the Eagles home to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Last year was a pretty good um, matchup. Justin Jefferson, Darius Slay, a lot of talk about that one. Um, A lot of talk about how... Maybe Slay, eh, you know, he probably got the better of Jefferson last year. How do you see this one shake down today? Yeah, oh, yeah, he definitely got the better of him mm-hmm. last year. Um, uh, Jefferson was targeted six times with Slay in coverage, and he had one catch for seven yards. Slay had two interceptions. So mm-hmm. uh, it was one of the best performances of Slay's career, certainly the best performance he's had since he's been an Eagle. Uh, it's tough to duplicate that because it's not all just Slay. I mean, they, they move Jeff, Justin Jefferson around the formation quite a bit. Slay will travel from left to right against him, but they can try to sneak Jefferson in the slot a little bit, which uh, Slay does not travel there, or at least he hasn't uh, in his first few years here in Philly. So uh, that's one way to get away from him. And uh, they were also helping at times. You know, they'll bracket him. They'll have some safety help that side. We already mentioned that uh, safety is a position where the Eagles aren't great this year. Uh, and and the, the Vikings have added more weapons from that game in Week 2 last year. They have T.J. Hawkinson now, a really good tight end. They drafted Jordan Addison in the first round out of USC, the 23rd overall pick. So uh, they have other ways to, to beat you offensively that if you put too much attention on Justin Jefferson, those other weapons uh, can beat you. But I, I don't know if their offensive line is going to hold up long enough 
to get the ball to those weapons. I think that's what this game could come down to. Uh, text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Um, so you touched on a little uh, the injury to center at, uh, for the Vikings, uh, and how do uh, the the rotation of uh, the guys on the Eagles' defensive line? How can they exploit this? Yeah, and it's not just the injury to Bradbury. It's also okay. uh, their right guard is just not very good, honestly, from what I've seen of him at Ingram. So I think they're very susceptible up the gut to pressure. And the Eagles are coming off a really fantastic game uh, with their really a four-man defensive tackle rotation. It starts with Fletcher Cox, uh, the veteran six-time Pro Bowler. He kind of turned back the clock a little bit last week. He looked great. Uh, Jalen Carter, the exciting rookie, had a tremendous first NFL performance. Uh, had a sack and six pressures. And then Milton Williams comes in, kind of the forgotten guy. And Jordan Davis, the first-round pick last year. Uh, those guys had a, a really strong rotation. Um, they, they all played at least 33 snaps in week one. Uh, it, I, I don't think the Vikings are going to be able to stop them. And the thing with interior pressure is it comes so quick. Uh, you know, if you have pressure on the edge, it sometimes just takes a while to, to run that loop. But if you're getting pressure up the gut, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins isn't going to have time, and I think that's going to be an issue for them. You see quite a few sacks tonight? I think that's possible. Now, uh, the quick pass game could be in effect. We saw Mac Jones in week one. I, the Eagles only had two sacks in that game because Mac Jones was just getting the football out of his hands before the Eagles could get there. So, I mean, that's a possibility, but that also – doesn't give the Vikings a chance to go down the field. Dave Zangaro, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Pleased to have him guesting with us on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Dallas Goddard had a tough goal in game one. Is that just a one-off for him? Yeah, I think so. Um, they, they, the Patriots, you know, they, Bill Belichick goes into every game trying to take away one player from the opposing team. And I think he decided to key in on Goddard for that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did a good job. Uh, the Patriots really did shut him down. But there were a few moments where Goddard was wide open and Hurts just didn't see him, uh, missed him in the progression. Hurts didn't have his best game. Goddard's going to get his. I mean, and last year, the Eagles have kind of compared this to Devontae Smith in the opener last year. The, they came out in Detroit last year, and Devontae didn't have a single catch. And then the next week, uh, they threw two passes to him on the first series. He he got involved, and he had, I think he had 15 catches in weeks two and three combined. So uh, I see the similarity there. I think they're going to make sure they get Dallas Goddard involved. He's too good not to. Do Philadelphia Eagles fans hate the Dallas Cowboys more or the New York Giants more, or is it equal, or how would you kind of uh, balance that? Where's the teeter-totter on that? Uh, definitely Cowboys. Okay. Um, that, that's the most hated rival. Uh, I think there are too many similarities between Eagles fans and Giants fans, even though they don't like to admit it (laughs) a lot of times. Very similar fan bases, whereas Dallas, uh, definitely a different vibe to that team. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely Dallas. So when Dallas pumped New York on Sunday night, uh, what what was going on in Philly when people were watching that or thinking about that? Uh, I think it was probably a little bit like, okay, uh, Dallas is good. And, and we knew they are good. They're, they're one of the best teams in the NFC. I, I think they're the second best team overall in the NFC. You can argue they're the first best after that performance. But uh, th- that's also probably part of the reason why the, the Giants rivalry hasn't been great. In recent years, it's been really lopsided. The Eagles have had their way with them over the last decade or so, uh, whereas Dallas has been better, and Dallas has played the Eagles a lot better. So uh, those two games this year could 
really determine this division. And this is a division where there hasn't been a back-to-back winner since, uh, I think, 2004. So uh, it's just it's been kind of every every year there's a new team, uh, and the Eagles are trying to end that history this year. Uh, November 5th, I believe, first game with Dallas. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think I think it is. Yeah, I was kind of looking at that uh, a little bit this morning, and I was wondering, well, it's kind of a, a little ways down into this into the schedule. But I guess, how do you see um, NFC East shaping up? I think it's really a two team race, uh, mm-hmm. and that's nothing against the Giants, who had a nice season last year. I don't think they're in the class uh, with the Eagles and Cowboys and, and Washington. Uh, they can finally start to, to get better. They have uh, Dan Snyder gone, which is a, a nice boost there, but I don't think they have the talent right now. So uh, it, it's really a two-horse race between the Eagles and Cowboys, who might be the two best teams in the conference, uh, which makes it a little tough because only one of them can win the division. Dave Zangaro, NBC Sports Philadelphia, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Uh, sorry to put you on the spot there, Dave, but, uh, you know... Uh... Uh, anyways, uh, when you look at uh, the Eagles' uh, offense, and let's kind of circle back to that, it all circles around Jalen Hurts. Can you speak to his, I guess, the evolution of his play and how he's uh, evolved as a quarterback? Yeah, it, it's pretty fascinating. The Eagles drafted him in 2020 to, to be the backup to the guy they thought was their franchise quarterback, and it didn't work out, and, and Jalen got to play at the end of his rookie season a little bit, and it wasn't good. He completed 52% of his passes, and it's obviously not going to get it done in the NFL. He was better in 2021. Uh, a great improvement, but still not sure if he was the guy. And uh, we went into last season, and that was the big question around the Eagles. Was Jalen Hurts going to prove himself to be a franchise quarterback? And Oddly enough, it was week two against the Vikings. They played the Vikings in week two last year against a very different defense, but uh, they played them last year, and that was really the coming out party for Jalen Hurts. Uh, It was our first glimpse into the player he can be, and uh, he ended up having this miraculous season, runner-up for the MVP award, played great in the Super Bowl. Um, He's gotten better every year dating back to his freshman year at Alabama, and probably before that. So. Uh, that's why the Eagles love this kid so much to begin with. At least one of the reasons is that he just learns from everything and he gets better and he doesn't make the same mistakes. He's very coachable. Uh, Now, it's a little tougher to get better this year because he was so good last year, but uh, there are still ways for him to improve and mostly in the passing game. And uh, based on what I saw at training camp, I I think that's a real possibility. How much has A.J. Brown helped him? Yeah, uh, it helps. It's kind of just the... If the offense is in a rut, throw it to A.J. Brown. And they kind of did that in the second half last week. He's just such a big target. Um, the slant to A.J. Brown is a cheat code. It's it's almost unguardable. He's so big. He's so strong. He's so physical to the football that uh, whenever the offense gets a little uh, stagnant, just throw it to A.J. Brown. And um, he, it's funny, A.J. in his locker at the, uh, the practice facility – has a little sign hanging above it that says "Always Open." And <laughs> he thinks that way. I mean, he and Jalen trusts him. He'll throw the football up to him and expect AJ to come down with it. And more often than not, he does. Doesn't every wide receiver have that sign in their locker? <laughs> and maybe not the actual sign. They're probably all thinking it. But with AJ, it's legit. I mean, yeah. he, he wins those fifty-fifty balls. Uh, we used to have a receiver here in Philly, Alshon Jeffrey, who was at yeah. the tail end of his career, but. 
he used to call them 80-20 balls because 80% of the time he's going to get it, 20% he won't. But A.J. is obviously in his prime, um, a, a Pro Bowl receiver. And then Devontae Smith is almost as talented and mm-hmm. maybe as talented. He, he's a tremendous player. And uh, to have both of those guys in their primes is, is pretty special to watch. Yeah, they're pretty lucky. They've got a lot of potent weapons for sure. And, I mean, one of the best defenses. So it should be a very successful season in Philadelphia. Yeah, I think so. Hey, Dave, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate your time. Enjoy the game tonight. Okay, take care. Thanks. That's Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Eagles, Vikings kicking off week number two in the NFL. Philadelphia, 1-0 after beating New England, 25-20. Minnesota, 0-1-1 after losing at home to Tampa Bay, 20-17. Should be a good Thursday night football game. Uh, Still a whole bunch more to come on the Kevin Carrier Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. Little BA for you, 741. Brian Adams. Hey, I got that one, Duke. I'm coming on, you know. Name that tune. This is getting easier and easier. I think we're going to have Tom Cochran on down the road. I think in November he's coming into town, uh, which would be pretty cool to have him in studio. He'll probably be uh, making the rounds next uh, door at K97. Uh, Text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. A lot of hot dog talk. Uh, Lines are much smaller than Oiler games. And anyway, that one, the last guy that said uh, you can only get four at a time. Well, so you get four, crush them, go back in line. What's the big deal? Um, this one comes from Adam in Spruce. Hey, Yellowhead eastbound from Spruce Grove into Edmonton is a mess. So, folks, if you're driving out in that area, be careful. Uh, eastbound from Spruce Grove into Edmonton is a mess. That comes from Adam in Spruce. Thanks for that. Adam. Uh Texter comes in Jordan Addison breakout game tonight. Hey, on the opposite side of uh, Justin Jefferson, you heard uh, uh, Dave Zangaro talk about uh, Darius Slade, Justin Jefferson, how that was kind of um, a big matchup last year and will be a big matchup uh, tonight. So, uh, hey, never know. And uh, Dave did mention that Addison's a, a very good player. He's a high draft pick. Could be a, a breakout for Jordan Addison tonight. Uh, Harry texts in a question for the Euro boys. Wife and I went on a European honeymoon 25 years ago. European parents born here. Question for the boys. Train station, 9 a.m. Train food outlets. What is your go-to? Wife and I had four herring, four herring sandwiches, bun onions, herrings, two beer, cheaper than McDonald's. You know what? Have you ever had like good pickled herring, Duke? I have not, really? and I don't know if you could convince me to. Really? Yeah. You know, I, 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 it's hard. Like I'm willing to try almost anything, but I've seen and smelt the herring. I don't know if I'd be willing to take it, give uh, it a try. All anyway. right, I, I'm going to give you full disclosure here. Uh, my old neighbor Alex Natchik passed away a couple years ago. He's probably well, he was ninety some. So I did all the kind of, I helped him out a little bit in the neighborhood and he loved making pickled herring. So I made it with him. So you'd have to go and get the herring. Uh, It was frozen, thankfully, but then he would let it sit in his sink and just stink up the kitchen. Then you got to scrape the scales off it and kind of cut the top fin off. And then you got to put it in the brine and 
It can be a little slimy, actually. But, you know, at Christmas time, you have a nice pickle herring on your dish. It's a big Ukrainian uh, delicacy. It's part of uh, when you do the 12 dishes or how many there are, you, know, you can have that as part of it. Uh, if you've got a herring story, <laughs> send us one in at one eight three three four zero one. 1440. And I, I kind of disagree with uh, uh, Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports in Philadelphia. I think Eagles fans would hurl hot dogs to whoever, the opposition, referees. Do you remember the Santa Claus? Santa Claus. How many years ago they were throwing snowballs at Santa Claus? I mean, those those fans in Philly are ruthless. And they're passionate. And, and, We've talked at length uh, on the show about, you know, the passion of Edmonton sports fans, yeah. whether it be for the Oilers, uh, the Elks, when they're maybe a little bit better than they have been this season. But even in a lot of the local sports and stuff, we we had uh, Coach Herbers on last week talking about the atmosphere at the Drake, and that student section <laughs> really gets after opposing uh, goaltenders yes. and teams. But I don't think anything rivals Philly sports fans. They are next level, a league of their own, mm-hmm. I, I think. And like you said, who who's throwing batteries at Santa Claus? Yes, <laughs> Only Philly, yeah. Grease the lamp poles. Um, so when you were, did they have the at uh, when you were going uh, U of A at Clear Drake? Did they have the pyramid uh, beer cups going yet? Or not? That started, I think, in probably my last year there, mm-hmm. and even even um, after I uh, wasn't going there anymore and started working in the city here, I, I still went to games because yeah. I still lived right across the street, basically just in the uh, the adjacent neighborhood. So we still went to games. So that next year that started to become much more popular. And I went to a couple games last year as well, uh, including the the playoff game. Um, it's incredible what they do. And I mean, hey, congrats to the the students that are doing yeah. it. Uh, not only supporting the uh, the team and, and all their efforts with how much beer they're actually buying <laughs> to, to get all those cups, but just like uh, Coach Herber said, like there is no better atmosphere in no. collegiate hockey. Um, I, I won't even limit it to Canada. I would say across all North America. Like it is... The Drake is just the tops. It's, it's intimate. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I go as often as I can. And we were talking, if there's a game at, at Rogers with the Oilers at the same night as a Bears game, I'm going to the Bears game, I, you know, and uh, you can sit in the press box at Rogers. But, and, you know, with all due respect to the Oilers, it's just the intimacy. Um, again, you see a lot of people that you haven't seen for a bit, but just watching being so up close and the hockey's so good too. Um, it's a it's a neat atmosphere, and you know what's funny? And uh, the, the opposition players will try to bounce uh, off the glass and try to knock those uh, beer cups over because they they're down in the in the corner uh, just to the left of the goaltender, uh, and they they stack them up and they try to get them almost as high as the glass, which is kind of cool. And then uh, maybe an opposition player will try to run into it. And then and, and other guys are, like the Bears are trying to keep them away from it at the end of the game and stuff like that because it's kind of a ritual to go into the glass and celebrate a win. Um, 1-833-401-1440 is the text line. Busy weekend coming up. Of course, the Edmonton Elks are in Saskatchewan tomorrow to take on the Rough Riders. Saskatchewan got pasted by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on the weekend, and man, that game was over in a hurry. I was actually driving through Saskatchewan. I listened to it on the radio driving through uh, during the game, and I mean, the game was over in the first quarter, uh, maybe second quarter, but I mean, they just got pasted. So, you know, maybe the Elks have something a little cooking here. The big win over Calgary could have easily... Uh, had two, but you could say that the other way too, because in game number two in the rematch, Calgary Stampeders 
uh, held the play before uh, the Elks came back and then won it on that Dean Faithful field goal uh, to win it. Wait, what did you think of Dean Faithful on uh, yesterday, Duke? I mean, sort of. He's he's a he's a sensation. I mean, uh, and you can see how much the teammates love him. I think anybody that was listening that would kind of uh, maybe had high hopes about you know having a a British footballer on the program, I think got everything they were hoping for. Such just a, a like a jovial guy, happy to be here in a situation, not to, not too proud or, or big on himself to, yeah. to poke fun and, and take some of the jabs that come with his situation of being, you know, a 36 year old rookie and, and being from England. And he's, I, I couldn't believe that he actually willingly admitted that he has changed to calling it soccer <laughs> from football that I think he'd be uh, a, strung up in the streets back home mm-hmm. for, for doing that kind of thing. The, uh, the English are very uh, protective of that. That yeah. it's, it's football, not our football, football. Um, going to give one a little nugget to the Elks uh, PR department here. I, I was thinking about this the other day when we had Dean on. Um, they should find and bring in for the next home game. Um, did you ever, you saw the movie, The Replacements? No, no, Falco, Another, Shane at, Falco. Come on, man. Gene, and I say that name yeah. means more to me. Like the name Shane Falco is just so prevalent in yes. pop culture that I know that name, but I've never seen the replacements. Okay. Well, I think you'll probably enjoy the movie. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, they, in, in the storyline in the movie, the replacements, they, the kicker uh, was from UK. This was all during a, a, a lockout, a, a, a holdout player strike. Uh, and, and it's a movie. It's a movie. So anyway, they brought in all these players. And one guy was from uh, jail. Uh, one guy came. Um, a lot of these guys were just cast offs and castaways. But the one kicker was from England. So bring this guy in, uh, Elks. Bring the kicker from the replacements in. I mean, you did a Taylor Swift uh, giveaway. Bring this guy in. Get him to sign a few autographs. Maybe kick a field goal at halftime. I don't know. Bring him in. Anything. Uh, Texter, look at this. And I've seen this jersey. Well, I've seen a few of them. Uh, this comes in. Boys, I have a Shane Falco jersey. Um, Gene Hackman was the coach. What else from the movie? Anyone, uh, if you had a, uh, to maybe a recollection of uh, the replacement, send us a text at one 401 Shane Falco was a quarterback. Keanu Reeves played him. Um, they had a crazy linebacker who, uh, <laughs> I can't remember his name in the movie, but he was pretty wild. Uh, who else was in there? To be honest, you know, John Madden, Pat Summerall were doing the play-by-play in color in the movie. Duke, you didn't watch any of the movies I gave you last week. You didn't have time, did you? Not yet, but okay. I, I'm I am compiling this list. Okay, of, uh, so we got the replacements on there now, um, the Woody Harrelson uh, <laughs> flick, and uh, there was one other one that I already can't remember. Champions was Woody Harrelson. Champ- yeah, 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 that yeah. was Woody Harrelson. Uh, let's move the replacements to the top of the list. Okay, okay. I'll so put if that you can prior, get that priority number one, um, and I don't, know, I I can't remember what year it came out. It's probably thirty. It's close to thirty years old. I'm betting. There it is. Here's the one from Big John. Morning, guys. The bar fight was the best in the replacements. Oh, yeah. That's the guy. Another one from Jordo. Cra- the crazy linebacker was John Favreau. Like the John the Favreau? John like Fav- the director, yes. producer, John Favreau, wow. yes. But the this Big John that sends about the bar fight. Uh, so what happened was they got in this big, massive brawl because some guys came in from the, the real players came in. 
and then uh, they get thrown in jail. And uh, oh yeah, the other one was the tight end was deaf. The tight end was deaf, and they started singing. Uh, uh, well, I guess I, I will survive. I think it was Gloria Gaynor in the in jail. I think that was it, and uh, it was cool. It was, and then. I think that the the tight end would kept singing, but he didn't know what was going on. The song was over, yada yada. One eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Northside Norm Duke gotta watch the replacements this weekend. I expect a review on Monday's show. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, there we go. Uh, Paul sends in the kicker. He was bloody Welsh. So the other thing with the kicker is that he had uh, uh, he had to pay debts off. So he was they they said you got to miss this field goal or whatever. And he the other thing he always had a cigarette going. He would put the cigarette out before he kicked. It was a good movie. Uh, the replacements. We'll be seeing the review uh, in the next little bit. Duke, go go ahead for a second. Yeah, the if uh, I, I'm just looking to see if it's available anywhere streaming wise. I'm not sure if it is in Canada. Um, I might have to do some digging here to find out. Anybody's got a, a DVD copy or a VHS, <laughs> you can uh, come swing by and drop it off at the station for me. But yeah. no, it's uh, I will happily watch this movie over the weekend. But uh, if my dad texts or calls me and says that I'm supposed to be going home to uh, to help run combine yeah. or haul grain. That this is going to be my answer. I say the, the the listeners say I have to watch the replacement. Sorry, I can't make it. So Northside Norm, uh, I'll forward Dad's message to you, and you can respond to him and let him know. But uh, I'll do my best to track it down this weekend and give it a watch. We just let uh, Ladislav Schmid through the glass doors here. Uh, he'll be uh, coming up at the top of the hour, as will Mark Spector on the Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Um, before we get to all that, uh, time now for a little bit of an update, uh, the Sports 1440 update. Uh, of course, it'll be uh, brought to you by First Round. You can watch NFL football on Mondays, Thursdays, and Sundays, of course, tonight. Uh, wear an NFL jersey tonight to the West Edmonton Mall location, and you can get 50% off wings. So 50% off wings right here in the mall that has it all. Uh, first round should be a good one tonight between Minnesota and the Philadelphia Eagles. With a Sports 1440 update, here's Brandon Douglas. 